would say uh, mine is the clearest. Yeah, I would say mine. What do you mine looks the clearest about? to me. To me, mine looks the clearest. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I, look, I, I look beautiful. Jolly looks like a friggin' like it doesn't even look like a person right now to me. All right, I'm ready to go. We are. I think we are recording. So yes, we are live bullets. All right, we're we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Let's Welcome. fire it off here. Welcome to episode twenty zero 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 twenty six. It's going to be a terrific, great, greatest episode ever. And uh, we're going to cover also- the uh, French GP. So I don't know. Anybody have any sponsors? Yeah, well, I want to say by being in different locations, we're actually able to cover F1 better because we're able to do live reporting from our locations instead of gathering to do podcasting in one location. So we should have fresher news than usual. Hard to believe, but... Logic logic checks out there, I would, I would say. Um, I do have some sponsors. I am sponsored... Yo, that microphone is too close to your mouth. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> I do have some sponsors. Be Hoppy, great beer, and also Ghirardelli's baking chocolate. Um, the only dessert that's currently in my house. So that's it. You're eating baking chocolate right now? Chocolate's chocolate, okay. That's a savage move. <laughs> Not <laughs> unsweetened chocolate. Semi sweet. I'm sponsored by Yellowstone, the, nati- the latest show on Paramount, uh, the channel. It is fabulous. Kevin Costner. He's a ranch owner in Wyoming, modern day. Not this again. I mean, Montana, not Wyoming. I, I can't recommend it enough. I'm 30 minutes in. You, you only like one kind of TV show. All right. Uh, what are we? Oh, yeah, F1. That's what our podcast is about. Yeah, so let, let's, let's actually, I'm going to rearrange the agenda here a little bit. Let's discuss the topic of last week, actually. Big, big news out of Camp Red Bull that they're switching from Renault to <laughs> Honda for next season. They're going to stick with Honda for two years. And then, I don't know, we'll see what happens in 2021 when the new regulations. But let me let me kick this topic off by saying, I think on a previous podcast, <laughs> Andrew has some terrible audio. But I think of the previous podcast, I said, how could Red Bull do this? There's no way. Red Bull, Renault is the known thing. Honda is too unknown and dangerous. This video is very distracting. Um, <laughs> but I would like to update our listeners. I have totally convinced myself. I've bought myself in on this Honda deal. Uh, they already seem to be running pretty equivalent to the Renault engine. And I think uh, they're a better... Better, better improvements at Honda coming coming forth. A better so. je, ne, je ne sais quoi. So, um, yeah, just one. I can't wait to splice in the audio from the last podcast. It is phenomenal. John and Charlie look like such fools. Uh. It's my belief that Red Bull will stay with Renault. Honda is unproven. They have a very good car with Renault right now. It's getting better. They've won two out of six races, equal with Ferrari, equal with Mercedes. I, I don't understand... What's the point of switching? Honda has not proven that they can win races. Renault has. Uh, I don't. You don't fix what ain't broken, as they say. <laughs> I think. I think what, this is a classic Formula One hype machine, kind of getting carried away here. I think it's. I'm putting this in the same category as 
Ricardo to Ferrari or Mercedes. It, it, it's just not going to happen. R- Ricardo's going to be back at Red Bull next year. Red Bull, Red Bull's going to be back with Renault. I couldn't agree with more with John. It's it's just too big of a risk to jump to Honda, however bad that Red Bull Renault relationship may be. And I mean, the product is still there. <laughs> Wait, why do we look like fools? Just because we said there's no way they would change? It was, yeah. it was, it was so yeah. like definite. There's not a chance in the world. This is no, will never happen. Listen, the listeners will be the judges um, and the executioners for you too. Look, I'm 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 glad you've got your rose-colored glasses on there, Charlie. But uh, what I was hearing today from my sources was Honda was investigating the end their most recent engine failures and have now identified two separate causes for the two separate engine failures like you'd rather it be one issue that you could just take care of there are multiple ways to Honda. god bless i've been there for three years i couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer team than red bull <laughs> so, so so you think it's a big mistake you think this yeah. red bull has made a huge mistake and is gonna be uh, well quick question back to you rob next year who's better mclaren or red bull red bull but they're closer. So, Charlie, my you've got Red Bull and you have Renault, right? Both running the same power units. They are both two, like, so obviously Red Bull's in the top. Renault is right there behind them. So, what, like, Renault is a better engine, period. There's no debating that. Right now it is. Why do you think, you listen to that Honda engine in person. It sounds terrible. It's awful. It's a terrible. It's a terrible. Engine. I have I have no explanation for the sounds. <laughs> Why does that engine sound different than every other engine? To me, listen. I'm not a mechanic. That is proof enough. At the end, no, no, I'm not buying that. <laughs> at the end of the day, I am not an engineer. I'm not one of the people at Red Bull. I trust them to make the right decision here. I, as as terrible as their relationship with Renault was. I don't think they throw away a potential a better engine just to get rid of that. I think they see potential in Honda. I think they see it as the the quickest path to another world championship. So that's why I'm okay with it. I, I okay. I, I think it's one of those things. Two two different scenarios potentially. One is one of those places where they keep on threatening Renault and they keep on pushing their chips into the center of the table. And they think someone's going to bluff, and no one bluffs, and now they're stuck and they say they have to walk. That's one scenario. Number two. Prisoner's dilemma. Prisoner's dilemma, if you will. (laughs) Number two. Other possibility is they know that with Renault, they will not compete, so why not take a risk with Honda? Maybe they hit the jackpot. It's probably like a scratchy that never hits, but maybe they do. And why not take that risk for two years? That's the other scenario. Most likely it won't work out, but hey, maybe it will. And I think that's the case. It's they're only in it for two years, and I, everybody's kind of back to square one. Twenty twenty one. Boy, I can, this is bad. What did you just do to your computer? Not Prince Fielder. I think we're back in business. I just got you saying Prince Fielder was, <laughs> was so attractive. Okay, all right, we're back. Okay, we are back. All right, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So I I think we've said it about enough about Red Bull. I'm on board i i'm i'm in on the promise i'm okay with if it's gonna be a little heartache i mean we're not winning the ship this year so i'll take the promise um so you know <clears throat> renault says they are coming out with a new mguk in hungary 
no, Austria. And that, I think, is the key to party mode. I mean, wouldn't it be fitting if Renault, the Renault engine is, is good enough to win for Red Bull to, at the end of the season and then they have to leave it? Hey, you know what? <laughs> I would like to share the heartache, so I wouldn't mind that happening. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Rob, Rob is just a battered F1 fan, and just he needs someone to also feel that pain. And I, I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah, so uh, the guy who said that, his team spends 464 million pounds a year, and uh, the, Red Bull, the Red Bull is down to a mere – those are p- millions of pounds – Okay. Red Bull and Red Bull's two thirty-eight million pounds, pretty good. Uh, I would say Red Bull's punching very well for how much it spends because McLaren is at one ninety-three and way off of Red Bull. But Ferrari, Ferrari throws a disgusting amount of money at the issue here. So does that money? Um, so I wonder how much of Red Bull's money goes to Renault. I assume that's included in that the cost of the power unit. Uh, that's that. Uh, I think that's taken out of their costs because. So then, how is that a fair comparison? If I'm assuming Ferrari, that money is is part of the R and D of their power unit, right? Mm, hit back. Oh, that's probably that's probably mm, could be could be. I the uh, financial statements that I'm looking wow. at don't have that level of detail. So <laughs> just pretzel. That's <laughs> okay. You know, come at me with facts next time. That's all I ask. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> actually that's a, that's a, that's nobody is making money. So there's Renault UK operation and then Renault France and, uh, Renault UK spends 121 million and Renault France spends 197 million. We know that Renault is not one of the top spending teams. So yeah, you're right. There is some, um, Costs, including the power unit, that need to be balanced out by revenue selling to customer teams. Okay. So fair that fair point. Fair what's, point. What's uh, Mercedes at? Because they have their own power unit as well. So them and yeah, Ferrari Mer- should be Mer- Mercedes is at about four hundred and five million right, versus so. Ferrari four hundred and sixty four million. These hats For, aren't these hats aren't cheap to make, so that probably is part no, of it. You are doing your part to support your team. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, um, we're obviously down one member here. So does anybody have an update before we get to our own personal updates? Anybody know where Rob, uh, John is this evening? I believe he is at a work event. Um, in uh, South America? Yes. yes, most likely in South America. Um, Patagonia. Patagonia, potentially. Most, most of the time when we're missing, someone's in South America. For whatever reason, I don't know why. We just love it there. Mm. It's a very nice time of year to visit. Also, good, um, good paddock gossip from Brazil, especially. Is mm. there? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Right, why don't loose, you... loose lips down there. Yeah. Why don't you take us away with a little life update? What have you, what have you been up to this past weekend? Uh, well, I just started the series Yellowstone, and I can't say enough about it. But I will. I'll leave it at that. I can't say enough. <laughs> can I ask you? A, um, can I ask you one question about it? Yeah. How does it compare to Longmire? If Longmire is here, where is? Tell me when. Uh, cinema, <laughs> cinematically, it cinematically it's much it's far and away better. 
Uh, I'm not deep enough into the plot development to really compare it. Um, beans to beans, as they say. <laughs> Does the main character shoot a guy in the back from 500 yards away with a pistol? Not yet, and it was a rifle and long wire. But <laughs> I know details aren't your strong point. Fake news. Um, let's see. This this uh, past weekend, I was up in uh, Drake's Island in Wells, Maine. Beautiful. Uh, built a raised garden bed for my dear wife. Um, played some tennis. This coming weekend, I'm doing the MS bike ride from Boston to p-town over two days very excited for that um lexi is finally starting to walk without a limp so that's yes. a great i mean the listeners snaps. will be very happy about that snaps, snaps, yes. all right let's end on a high note i'll hand off the baton i'll take all that right. baton from you um i was in <laughs> i was in chicago this past weekend visiting my sister and my brother-in-law margaret and mike and meeting my second nephew for the first time and then watching both of them kind of um just gotta really give thoughts and prayers to anybody who is either thinking about or about to have a second child wow wouldn't want to be that person Uh, (laughs) it's a lot of work um but that was a lot of fun and that's about it for me so did, did, did uh, both of you watch the race live live bullets? Oh, good point. So I, I did, but I was kind of chasing around slash picking up a toddler. So I had it on mute, which is why I'll explain some of my, we'll probably get into it, but some of my knee-jerk reactions to the race were off. I will admit that. I'm a big man. Big men admit their mistakes. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't really totally invested in it live, but I did watch it back afterwards. I watched it live. All right. Well, um, I had a. I was away this weekend up in Portland, Maine. I stopped by Drake's on Friday night. Very lovely visit. Had some and grog then, Friday night. Grog, yeah, grog session. Becky ran a half marathon, so that's why we're up there. Visited a couple of breweries, but I didn't <laughs> catch. I didn't catch a qualifying live nor the race. I, I did get to rewatch qualifying. Actually, I saw the results on Twitter. But I also rewatched it Sunday morning when I was waiting for my dear wife to get up and out of bed, and then I watched the race Sunday night. Um, fun fun fact was on Sunday morning while watching qualifying, on comes a AAA commercial, and out of nowhere, my coworker Dean Herback is in the commercial. What? So that was wild. He was one of those customer testimonials. <laughs> Came out of nowhere, eight a.m. I'm looking at Dean. So. So, There's been a lot of uh, email chains. He, the whole commercial was circulated we could, around. We could do a PSA, PSA for our uh, loyal listeners and also for me. What's the best way to stream an F1 event, whether it's qualifying or practice or the race itself, if you've missed it and you're not in front of your DVR? ESPN app. Yeah, I would definitely say this year ESPN app is, is very good. So if you have Roku or Apple TV, get the ESPN app. You can watch whatever you want. Yeah, and if you have an iPad, can you just put the ESPN app on your <laughs> iPad? iPad, i iPhone, what what have you? Yes. Uh, you you, you just just be clear. You're looking for the Watch ESPN app, not the ESPN Score app. Exactly. So any port. This works on any portable device. Yes. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Your Rob. TV, your smart TV, Mike can, uh, can also do it. As My well, smart so. TV does it. I think that's how I I interact with it actually. Good yeah. point, Charlie. All right. So, uh, hot takes. Who wants, to, who wants to do a little race recap and then their like initial initial thoughts, prayers? <laughs> well, Andrew's got the hottest of hot takes on the race. Yeah, Andrew. So, Rob, off. why don't you do you the recap spewing. and I will pause after the beginning and I'll put interject with your outrageous yes. takes. All right. Uh, so we had a Mercedes lock out of the front row. Hamilton followed by Botas, followed by Vettel. Um, and then it went what Verstappen, Raikkonen, Ricardo. No, Rick was ahead of. Rick was ahead of. Raikkonen. All right, so so Raikkonen once more, he's getting quite a bad reputation for screwing up in Q3. So Raikkonen six, that is a top six, three, basically as bad as he could be. Uh, I don't know the order after that, but um, it was like the Renaults. Uh, Leclerc, Leclerc was the eighth. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, and then right off the right off the start, uh, Vettel was starting on the ult, ultra ultra soft tires compared to the super softs for the other top six, and he needed to get a good run. He actually did get a good start, but he was just boxed in because he couldn't go left around Hamilton because Hamilton was on the left side of the track, and Botas. So I think he had to like either let up on the gas or hit the brake to avoid running into the back of Hamilton. And that messed with his momentum. And uh, Botas turned in, took off some of the downforce of Vettel's front wing. Vettel skidded into Botas. They crashed both. Total carnage throughout the field. I mean, when the second and third guy have a major collision like that, Verstappen cut the track. Um, so after the, after the carnage, Vettel and Botas were at the back because they had to go in and pit and get, get new front wings or repair their tires or whatever. Um, and then it was what Hamilton for stopping signs, Ricardo Raikkonen was the order. And it stayed like that for most of the race signs dropped back. Cause his car is not nearly as good in the Renault. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen was able to pass Ricardo because Ricardo had floor, no front wing damage, which they don't really know what caused. It could just be a manufacturing defect in Red Bull. Um, but Raikkonen was able to pass Ricardo. So the foot, and then there was no other action at the front. It was a one-stop race. So the finish was Hamilton, Verstappen, Raikkonen. Uh, Vettel did a good job working up his way through the field. He finished uh, fifth. Sixth. sixth. He passed Ricardo. I thought so. Okay, I and Botas did a less good job working through it field, and he finished something like seventh or eighth. Anyway, uh, I thought it was – I didn't love the track personally. Um, I found the flatness of it, the, the topographic flatness of the track made it hard for me to kind of get a sense of what where the cars were in relationship to each other and where they were on the track. I don't love it. I, I don't need to go back to that track. That is an unbelievably – sorry to jump in before you go, get going, Andrew, but that's a, that's a really hot take you just delivered there. You can track? never tell where cars are in relation to each other when you're watching on TV. To say, it's just, to no, say not, yeah. not in relationship to each other, but I think something like, uh, you know, you're thinking of Spa and you know they're, they're coming up the hill and you can see where it is. You're, I, you're telling me this, you know the topographical location of cars while you're watching these races? What yes. do you study as you go to bed? This is a manufacturing <laughs> take 
this was this was such an exciting race. Meanwhile, we had the snoozer in Canada and other places, and this we had nonstop action almost throughout the entire race. Plenty of passing. So good power straights, good turns. Yeah, I thought good you know I, I didn't love the optics of, like the race the the course itself. I didn't love yeah, the look that's of what it. I'm talking about the optics yeah, but, of it. but but it, it lent itself to a really exciting race. I mean, it had a lot of cool features to it. Maybe um, I I don't dispute that. Okay, cool. So I mean, fine. I don't like. I don't personally. I this might be a hot take. I don't like the Austin track, and I think the look of the Austin track and the look of this track are similar, mm-hmm. and that it's very wide open, and they put in these weird like colored turns. It makes it look like carnival rather than an F1 race. But whatever. Um, so a couple of things I want to I, I do want to clear the air. So uh, Rob, great recap. I thought that was that was on point. Um, I uh, I immediately when I watched it, I thought that Sebastian Vettel had a great start, and I think we can all agree that he had a very good start. He got into the second briefly. Fabulous um, start. But and he actually, I think he could have passed Hamilton if there had been room. If there had been room, like, he, he, I think he for sure could have passed Hamilton. Couldn't have asked for a better start. But you're right; he had to know where he was going to end up. And at fir- at the first turn, there was nowhere for him to go. And when I when I quickly watched it, I didn't really see a replay. I just assumed that Vettel was in the right, and um, Botas cut him off. Ended up that was not the case at all. You truly are a child of the hyperpartisan 2018s. My guy's in the right. Yeah, the other I, guy must have been in the wrong. Classic take. And I, you know, when this happens, when this kind of thing happens, I get frustrated because my guy then also drops back to to last. Um, even though he started, he could have been second. <laughs> so yeah, I was a little upset about it, and I fired off some some group me's saying Botas is a clown. He shouldn't even be in the race. Whatever. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Vettel made a mistake. He owned up to it, and I respect that. I do think that he had, and I think he won driver of the race. For his effort getting back into, I think it was fifth. Someone can someone can fact check that, but I think he ended up in fifth. Um, he started passing people left and right. Um, he did a great job doing his comeback. I'll give you that. And I will also also give kudos to Vettel for going up to Botas after the race and apologizing. Yeah, I think he say what you want about Vettel, but I think he has matured a bit. And at the oh, end we the, we we will say whatever we want about Vettel. But I think he has matured, and he is a class act, and he's a driver, and he respects these other drivers. So that's let's not go overboard, okay? He's a wonderful guy, and uh, you know, I wish, <laughs> I wish he, I wish he was lived closer to us. To be honest, we might get him on the pod. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vettel finished sixth. Oh, I mean, f- sorry, fifth. That's fifth. What I, yeah, like just like I said. Yeah. Um. Oh, of course, of course. Ahead of Botas. So Botas was, was in sixth? Seventh. He Botas had a problem and uh, finished a what, second behind Magnuson. What do you guys think about the penalty Vettel got? Do you think it was fair? Yeah, I do. I think he got a five-second penalty for causing the collision with Botas. And I think that the stewards said that it mattered to them that Vettel ended up going to the back of the pack. So if he like he had gotten through unscathed, yeah. they probably would have been like, okay, more of a penalty. But you know, I think you do the penalty in the race to to penalize that conduct. And if it's really egregious, you go off super license points. But I think you should separate those two things. So penalties during the race to make sure that the person is penalized 
race-wise for their action. And that's when you do take into account what happened to them. He's at the back of the race. And then if they found a real, really dangerous driving, they can give them a super license point. That's a separate issue, which they didn't, by the way. wasn't that bad. Mm. Uh, no problem. No problem with what they did. I don't know. Part of me, I you have a very strong, compelling argument, but part of me says you have to know better at, if you're Vettel going into the turn. There's nowhere for you to escape, and there's no. I mean, I get, I, I understand it's racing. You're always trying to go your fastest, but I think it's a pretty egregious mistake to lock up there when you're when you know you're trapped in that box between the two Mercedes, and. And you take out Bottas. You ruined his race. I mean, he didn't ruin it. He ended up in seventh. You didn't yeah, crash that, him out. He did not. He, he didn't DNF it. like an Alonso. Yeah, oh, uh, we'll get to Alonso in a second. So again, are we going to address later um, the reaction by Lewis and Max after the race to what Vettel did, or is that? I think we should. Yeah, let's address it right now, but. I t- have an issue with saying Max and Lewis's reaction. Lewis was just giggling like a little girl. He didn't really have anything to do with it. So Lewis I, is a little girl, so that's correct. I also think that Lewis was kind of just, you know, listening to Max. Max was like so like amped up to get another podium, and he looked like such a little Nancy. Right, should, can we give our listeners some backgrounds? Yeah. So they they finished the race. Obviously, Max is is excited because he got another podium. Is that two? He had a he got podium in in Montreal, correct? Third. Yes. Okay. So two in a row. Um, he's all excited, and though these two, Lewis and Max, are in like a little cart going back to probably the media tent or wherever, and they're chatting about what Vettel did and took out Botas, and um, and then they watch the replay in the area that the drivers go to after the race, and they continue to have these little reactions. And my take is that. Max is just like so, you know, trying to be buddy buddies with Lewis, who's like this champion. And Max is just this, like this kind of nobody, annoying little ant that Lewis has to deal with. <laughs> and 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 what's even better, I think, is what Max did in that presser after the race, where he tries to say or compare himself to Sebastian Vettel and say that oh, are you guys to the media going to give Sebastian Vettel? a hard time or tell him to change his ways. This is a guy who has won what two races in his life. Hasn't proven himself at all is trying to compare himself to a four time world champion is laughable. Yeah. So on that, I think, I mean, part of Max is just super sore about being told to change his racing strategy. Like he's genuinely upset about it. Yeah. And another part is, I think that there's some part of it where he's trying to be funny, but he, like, socially so awkward. There's nothing funny about how he actually executes on his, quote, joke. Could not so, agree more. So it's <laughs> like, it just comes. Continue. <laughs> so I, I, think, I think it's a combination of he's genuinely mad and he's trying to make a joke, but he's so bad at making jokes. It just comes across as like awkward, mad, childish. And I don't think it makes him look good to be honest. I mean, these guys are trying to sell brands and what does, is, does Max come out of that pressure looking 
like like anybody wants their brand to have him selling Heineken for them? No, he doesn't. He looks like a petulant child. So, oh God, where do I begin? I I I can't take anything you say seriously, Rob, because you've been a Max hater since day one. So. You you you're looking at this through a certain prism and perspective. Proud, that, proud. If I had my hate Ma- hate Max hat on, I would be wearing it. But do I agree, room. Andrew, with your assessment that he was trying to buddy up to Lewis Hamilton a little bit? I I didn't like that. I got the same sense. He's like, right. hey, big brother, look what I look check at, check out what he did. Oh my god. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And I just I think we should just put it in perspective. He's a he's a twenty yeah. year old. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna get. He's going to get frustrated sometimes. He's going to make some bad jokes, but I'll take the bad with the good when he's world champion in a year or two. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the Honda engine. <laughs> I'm very happy that I'm very happy you admitted that. Um, I, I, I honestly think that him and, and Sebastian are a lot uh, more sim- a lot similar. No. Than yes. Yes. No. Yes. He, he's a, he is an absolute squid just like Sebastian. They're very Not socially awkward. Close. Yes, he both- doesn't even sniff the level of Sebastian Vettel. He'll be saying yes, 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 yes in two years' time. Um. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, pre-race, post-race interview. Uh, it was pretty good out there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but okay, yeah, can, you can do you- a very compelling, uh, make a very compelling argument that your favorite drivers are both tools. So I agree. Okay, good segue. So, Let's talk I, about Fernando can, Alonso. Can I? Can I just <laughs> uh, one more thing about bitch on the track? <laughs> How dare one, you? One thing I, just, I do want to say you. about Max is that I, you know, that I'm not a Max hater. I like his racing style, and I I like to see when he does well, but he needs to clean it up. Like his his attitude just needs to change, and I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, Rob obviously hates Max, so. Can't I agree with you, Charlie? You cannot listen to a word Rob says about Max Verstappen. No, you can. You just have to take into account the inherent bias. Like <laughs> not a single word. Everything let's... I say about Max is a lie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, let's. I think Charlie's right. Let's move on to Alonso because this is. I think this might be the most volatile moment of the pod. Charlie's been waiting to just uncork. I'm glad, I'm glad I just poured myself okay. another beer. I'll say that. All right. So why don't you start off by defending him just quitting on Sunday? He just absolutely gave up. You want to talk about brand recognition and building a brand? Yeah. He's building a brand being a quitter. Yeah, the Kamoa quitters. So, <laughs> you know, he Alonso's better with the media than anybody else. Uh, disagree on Formula in Formula One. Better than better than Danny Rick. Mm, no, he's not. Danny Rick is the best. Well, Danny Rick hasn't had to face Alonso's uh, adversity, but I do agree that Danny Rick is better. He's made, sure anyway. Better. So here's what here's what I have to say. He just came off winning Le Mans. He has the like the worst weekend of the year for McLaren, not for him, for McLaren. And uh, they like put him on this co- contra race strategy and it doesn't end up working. And he's like, you know, this isn't working. Let's try and do something else. He wants to come in and it's badgering them to let him come in for a second pit stop. So we can try and get the fastest lap of the race. Um, and they finally do that. And, um, I, I, you know, in the moment he was very frustrated and that came through in his radio transmissions. But afterwards, the reporters were like, Fernando, are you going to quit? You know, how frustrating was this for you? And he said, I don't know why you guys think I'm so 
uh, depressed. Like it's an honor to race an F1. I'm at the 20 best drivers in the world. Um, and there's nothing depressing about it. So I think, you know, That's you're taking, so- you're Sorry. taking something he said, you're taking something he said in the race and making it to be like how he is. But he afterwards cleaned it up and said like, look, I'm honored to race here. And hopefully we improve next race. Like what more do you want from the guy? I want him to actually race to the end. One, don't just give up on the last lap and retire the car because you're frustrated. Uh, two, so wait, two, fact check, fact check, fact check. His freaking suspension broke. There are pictures of it. He didn't just park it. <laughs> I, I thought he can. I thought he could do a lap like that. Like in uh, how many laps? Uh, Baku. Left? Baku. He was the only man, only driver that could possibly right. finish that lap. Now you're the brilliant. Now, now that the facts have been established, Charlie's changing his uh, barometer of what Alonzo was required to do. All right, just, let's move on. He's just selling you bullshit. He is giving up. He, you know how you know what's the epitome of giving up? Stopping racing and just trying to set the fastest lap. That's pathetic. What did you want him to race for? Sixteenth place. <laughs> what do you freaking do? Yeah. Yeah, can we can we some pride? Can can we say what Rob? Why why did they qualify so poorly? What do you think happened? Uh, Zach Brown just said McLaren has a major aerodynamic problem that is not showing up in the wind tunnel. So the only time that they're able to try and figure it out is during the free practices. How is that possible? (sighs) Wind tunnels are not perfect. They test in the best wind tunnel there is, the Toyota wind tunnel (laughs) in Germany. No, it's. It's widely, guys, talk to your sources. It's widely considered to be the best. It's not a McLaren wind tunnel. It's a Toyota wind tunnel in in Germany. And because of like the dynamic loads that happen on the track, like the car will lower or raise depending on how fast it's going and how much downforce is being applied. That doesn't happen in a wind tunnel. In a wind tunnel, you can lower the car, run a test. You can raise the car, run a test, but you don't have the dynamism and wind tunnel time is limited so it's not surprising to anybody that not just in mclaren it's not surprising to anybody that there is a divergence between wind tunnel testing and on track testing but they're dealing with a major issue here i'm actually thinking that it's about time for them to pack it in on 2018 uh you know and just start developing a 2019 car oof Oh, yeah, yeah, more pathetic out of McLaren. So just getting back to Alonzo, a few more points here. Please defend his quote that he's saying his victory at Le Mans was the greatest victory ever at Le Mans. That's, um, yeah, that's tough. I, I don't think that – I don't agree with him as a factual basis. I think he has to tell himself these things to stay motivated, and so he does. What was the um... – what I mean, was his reasoning for saying that? Like, what made what would make that the best Le Mans? Well, ever? so in the LMP1 category, there actually were more cars than usual, but usually it might be three constructors like Porsche, Audi, Toyota. Right. So that they each have two cars, and so there are six top level, top tier contenders. This year, it was just Toyota as a constructor, and then a bunch of quote privateers who are LMP1 category, but definitely a notch below in terms of performance. So Alonzo was saying there were more LMP1 cars than usual, or maybe even ever. I don't, I don't want to say that as a fact. 
Um, and so therefore I was competing in a chock full category when in reality, and this is why I disagree with him because the cha other challengers weren't constructors. They weren't real competitors. So he's fake news, I guess. Yeah, that's, uh, he's spin zoning you. Yeah. That's a huge, that's what fake news is. No, Massive no, no, no. There's a huge difference. I think there is a difference between spin zone and fake news. I, I agree. He did spin zone us big time. Yeah, um, I won't dispute it. Yeah, I mean, pray for Alonso. Yeah, pathetic. I, I, mean, I am ready for him to be done. Please go to IndyCar. I'm sick of him. But Charlie, one counter. If you saw him in a top. Even if it's a top five car, let's put him in Renault, right? He would be fun to watch, and you would you would enjoy seeing a guy of that caliber in a Renault poking at the back of, of the top. Yes, three. yes, I'd love to see him actually race and stop talking to the media about all these. I'm the greatest racer ever. My wins are the greatest race. My lap around Baku with a broken wheel was the greatest thing ever, and nobody else could do it. Yeah, yeah. I, Alonso's fine. He's amazing to watch when he's actually racing all the other antics it's so tiresome so i don't think that we need any more wallflowers in f1 like you know what carlos signs whoever we we never talk about him it's it's fun to have a character he's not actually adversely affecting the other racers by all accounts he's a very good racer yeah. so max is a character but i say max is not a good character for f1 because he's crashing people out alonzo is a character but he's professional and attract the other drivers respect him as for his actual skill his top 40 laps at le mans were 0.4 seconds faster than anybody else and that is That's good that is wildly overperforming. usually the top the top driver so Alonso was the top driver at Le Mans. Usually the top driver is 0.1 seconds a lap faster than the number two driver. Alonso is just head and shoulders above the field. Uh, it's just a shame that he just doesn't have a real car. And whose fault is that? Alonso's. Yeah. So why doesn't he just go cry to himself already? Sick why are you such, why are you such a hater? Because I'm sick of it. It's like it's just – tiresome he just does the same thing week over week uh, change either change something go to indycar or retire or work so your way into another team just after complaining about him so-called quitting in a race that he drove until the car broke now you want him to quit mid-season seems a little inconsistent to me but all right yes because he's 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 carrying on pretending things are going to change so you would have wanted him to quit mid-race, carrying on as if things were going to change. It would have been a stupid approach to the race, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Caught in your own revel <laughs> as long as, as long as he quits now. <laughs> I will oh, accept man. both quit, quitting. No, he, both he's, not gonna, he, he's not a quitter. He's not going to quit on either. He's going to see yeah. it out. Okay. What well, a guy. What a guy. Can't wait to see him in IndyCar next year, actually racing a car. Yeah. I I also hope he goes to IndyCar next year and does a full season. So what do you think McLaren backfills him with? Does it even matter? Uh, I think they try and get Danny Rick, don't, and uh, probably bring up Lando, have two rookies. What about this guy in IndyCar that they keep trying to woo? Um, don't know. Maybe. Is there any other Sounds topics? Like 
Uh, the only other topic is Leclerc versus uh, Iceman. Oof. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take? Why wouldn't you take big upside? I, I mean, I, I just... totally agree. I mean, you, Rob mentioned it earlier. I think um, you know qualifying in P six. He obviously it was has a P8, better. I think. Was it? He qualified P eight. Yeah, I think so. Oh my god! No, no, what? he didn't. Leclerc? No, he didn't. No, no, sorry, Iceman Raikkonen. He qualified oh, P six. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm just like if you you he's consistently. I, I feel like he's consistently. Um, Qualifying, yeah, yeah. At the end of that pack, just you know, he's had a good career. Let's let's turn it over. Let's let's give it to Leclerc. He's he's proving himself. I mean, he's getting points like almost every race um, in a pretty bad Sauber. You know, you would say. I think I think usually we try to compare teammate to teammate to kind of stack up how talented they are, and he's proven himself. So give him the shot. Yeah, I can't disagree. Bring up Leclerc. But just to round out our F1 characters, Kimmy, all all time character of F1, he will Agreed. be missed. Did you, did you see Alonso? Not so much. <laughs> there was a clip of uh, Lewis. I think it was at the presser afterwards for the guys on the podium. Lewis just sat there, like basically saying how Kimmy was his idol growing up, and whenever he played PlayStation F1, he picked Kimmy. Kimmy just did not <laughs> even move a muscle, stared straight the entire time. <laughs> No smile, and this guy is just Lewis is just pl- like applauding him the entire time. It was great, unbelievable. It's the best. Well, that's a bad side for Kimmy. He, that's like, uh, you know, when you pull when you pl- pull your player near the end to get the applause. I think that's kind of an acknowledgement from Lewis that Kimmy's on his way out. Yeah, I good point. He saw he saw he ran between the lines there. All right. So, any uh, early predictions, thoughts on Austria? What's this track type? Is this a, is this a speed track? No, not a speed track. It's a uh, it's short. It's short, and so doesn't that benefit uh, Red Bull a little bit? I think it does benefit. I think this is a Red Bull track. All in addition to being their home track. Oh man, I don't want to see Max on a podium again. Shoot. <laughs> I can't wait to continue this rivalry, Max versus. He just needs he. You know what? He just needs to be, be quiet and race, get podiums, and then talk to me at the end of the year. Let's see where you. Let's see where the chips fall, as they say. No, I like him chirping. <laughs> so let me just pull up some. Uh, <clears throat> last year, Botas won, followed by Vettel, followed by Ricardo, followed by Hamilton. I think was this the race where Hamilton had an issue? I don't know. No, Hamilton took a grid penalty at some point, but I think it was Spa. Um, so, so I mean, the results last year were really mixed up. I think. Wow, the Williams were ninth and tenth. <laughs> think back to when they were good. <laughs> um, I don't know what we'll see this weekend. I'm excited to see it, though. Same. Where's everybody watching the race? I'll be watching at... Ooh, good question. Copley did something. He turned on my oven. I don't know if you can see, and now he's just watching it, and it's making noises. Oh, Copley. I don't know. He's a crazy dog. Uh, Yes, he may be. And that's why we take him to obedience class. Um, I'll be watching from... I'll be in Maine 
So lovely Maine, and I'll be watching from there. I'll probably watch when I get home from the MS ride. Ooh, good luck to you boys. Don't drink and bike. Yeah, valuable lesson. Bike with a buddy. Don't let your friend drink and bike, also a valuable lesson. <laughs> Real friends don't let friends drink and bike. That's true. <laughs> I, I yeah, told that, you to get picked up. All right. Well, <laughs> let's cut it there. All right, boys. <laughs> good first pod on the uh, Google Hangout. I think that was good. What are we at for time? Yeah. Uh, we are we're pretty long. Way over. Yeah. Pretty long on time, to be quick. Yeah, he just went to bed. <laughs> <laughs>